0: Sky Carumba, November 12th through 18th, 2023. We have a new moon this week. It will still be approaching first quarter phase when the Leonid meteor shower peaks around the end of the week. So it won't even be in the morning sky when Leo and the shower's radiant point are high. Nice, easy viewing for those meteors. Saturn's high in the eastern half of the sky, approaching the meridian as darkness begins. For northern hemisphere sky watchers, this means looking southeast. From low southern latitudes, the planet will pass overhead, so it's high in the east. And from farther south, the planet will be to the northeast at dusk. Jupiter is bright in the east in the evening, and it's still staying up almost all night, tracking across the sky. It was at opposition earlier this month. Uranus is nearby, and it's going through opposition now. It will be, at that point, opposite the sun in the sky on Monday. It's 18.6 astronomical units from us. The planet is a bluish-green dot just slightly brighter than the dimmest things the average human naked eye can see. A telescope or binoculars will help a lot, so will a dark sky. And with that new moon this week, moonlight won't interfere. The Pleiades and the Hyades will be up almost all night, rising shortly after Jupiter and Uranus. Orion's a mid-evening riser. Leo is coming up after local midnight. And around 3 in the morning local time, Venus rises. The planet passed by the star Zavijava java last week. Now it's going by Zaniya. Watch the close pass Sunday and Monday morning. They'll be as close as 0.1 degree apart at about 2 hours universal time on Monday. Eastern Europe... Eastern Africa and Southwest Asia will get the best view. From low southern latitudes, Mercury is becoming visible in the evening sky. It's in Scorpius, somewhat close to Antares. Don't confuse the two. The moon will pass by on Tuesday. Observers in Malaysia and Indonesia will get the best view of them closest. The planet and the moon will be 1.6 degrees apart, and then the moon will pass 0.9 degrees from Antares on Tuesday, and then Mercury will be 2.5 degrees from the star on Friday. Mars is in solar conjunction on Saturday, so we don't get to see it. Someone recently asked me why the planets and moon always seem to be passing by the same stars. Jupiter is never near Polaris. The moon never passes in front of Vega. Well, the answer goes back billions of years. As everything that became the planets, their moons... Asteroids and dust swirled around the sun, or what became the sun, they mostly settled into orbits in planes not at great angles from each other. So when we look out at the sky, see those objects, and chart their movements, we find their paths don't stray too far from each other. They stay near a path we call the ecliptic. It's the path the Sun makes in the sky, although it's a bit hard to visualize because we don't get to see the constellations and the Sun at the same time. The ecliptic is in the plane in which the Earth orbits the Sun. It's convenient for astronomers to talk about another object's orbital inclination compared to the ecliptic. Long-time Sky Corumba listeners have heard me mention many times when the Moon or a planet is near Spica, Antares, Pollux, Aldebaran, and Regulus. Those are among the brightest stars near the ecliptic. Of course, being near the ecliptic doesn't mean that something is near the celestial equator. We say the Earth rotates on a tilted axis because the equatorial plane is at an angle to the orbital plane. Pollux is just 6 degrees north of the ecliptic, but 28 degrees north of the equator. Antares it's 4 degrees south of the ecliptic and 26 degrees south of the equator. Around 2,000 or more years ago, sky watchers in ancient Greece and Rome and other places recognized 12 constellations that the ecliptic went through, and those became known as the signs of the zodiac. Today, the ecliptic goes through 13 constellations, because the stars have moved. Sky Caramba